0: amen. Thank you to our uh, praise band. Thank you Aaron and Mary leading our praise band. Would you applaud how the Lord has used our praise band today? And thank you for participation. I thought last week we had great participation. Man, what great this week. Yeah, even better. Thank you so much. Would you find your Bibles, smartphones, whatever you have to find the New Testament book of James. We'll be in James chapter 4. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 10. And if you... Go to there, whether it is a real page or a smart page. Would you just kind of leave it right there? We may want to want you to look a little bit closer at some of these verses as well. But well, we're glad you're here today. Thank you for taking part of your Labor Day weekend to come and to be a part of worship here at Parkway. We know that we have many who are traveling uh, this weekend. Many are traveling here, so we pray for traveling mercies and. Uh, But uh, we're glad to see you today. You have received as you walked in, maybe with your bulletin today, 100 days of Bible reading and prayer. That kicked off actually on September the 1st. But we invite you to come and join with us in that. And if you've just gotten that today, also is on our website. But uh, you can join in and be reading some of the same verses. We talk about these in hallways, classrooms, and homes. uh, Some of the things that we're reading. Really want you to be reading God's Word, whatever it is. But here's a 100-day plan, maybe for part of God's Word Encourage you to be a part of that. We continue in our trek to the Old Testament, and a couple of weeks from today, begin kind of a new series called "If My People." Uh, is a series that helps us to be able to live the life that God intended. So it'll be a great time, as every time we come together, bring guests, come, make sure your family's here, be a part week to week in all the things that are going on. We're in James today, James chapter four. We're reading verses one through ten. This now is the word of God. and your joy to gloom. Verse 10 Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word today. It was probably the most famous boxing match, maybe of all time. Evander Holyfield versus uh, Mike Tyson is actually a rematch of the reigning champion versus the former champion. And it was about the third round that actually Tyson was retaliating because uh, uh, Holyfield had actually headbutted Tyson. And then, Mike Tyson chewed off a piece of Holyfield's ear, and then started gnawing on the other. Well, as you probably know, or might have imagined, they uh, disqualified Tyson and ended the fight. I don't know. Every now and then, boxers will talk about uh, that it's nothing personal; that is uh, just a sport. But I got to th- I got to tell you, two sweaty guys hitting each other in the face probably is going to get personal somewhere along the way. This chapter in James describes Christians like. In a boxing match or a boxing ring But too often we're fighting the wrong battle You can be sure there is a fight to be fought There's a battle to be won Or the battle has been won by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ But we have the Apostle Paul, you might remember He told Timothy uh, that he has fought the good fight Finished the race Wouldn't you like to know that your life had meaning and purpose And every day the Lord is walking with you And guiding you along the way so that Whatever you're going through, you could know that the Lord is using and that's it's making that whatever you're doing, whatever you're seeking to accomplish, is making it worthwhile. Let me give you this word of advice that might help us with that. In fact, I often give this maybe the high school graduates or maybe even those who are graduating from college. Choose the one thing that will be most important to you. When you choose that one thing, then pour everything that you have into that one thing, all of your time and talents and Energies, everything that you have into that one thing. But be careful what it is that you choose. Now, you maybe already know exactly what that one thing is, or maybe you, you kind of know, but you can't quite put your finger in on it or you can't quite put it into words. Well, listen, don't go anywhere because we're going to talk about that one thing. These verses tell us, though, that there are some fights or some battles to avoid. Notice in verse 1. Actually, a couple of battles that we needed to avoid there. One, it says, avoid the battles that we fight amongst us. The battles that we fight amongst ourselves. Now, you've got some notes. Hopefully, be able to follow along there with you if you'd like to. But what has happened to the church that James has had to go and to write to the churches to tell them to stop fighting and quarreling with one another? Now, just to help us to understand, as we read the New Testament, we come across the Gospels. It's the story of Jesus who was born in Bethlehem. Lived a perfect life. He is the Son of God, God who's come in the flesh. He came, He died on the cross for our sins. Three days later, He arose from our sins. For 40 days, He was seen as the risen Lord. Then we were told in Acts, of course, that He ascended into the clouds and that He would return again. In Acts chapter 2, we have the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the church, church that Jesus established. And we make no apologies about being. The church, and we want people to not just come to the church, but we want to be a part of the church that is happening, part of the family of God. It is the Holy Spirit that has come. And in the, in the scriptures from Acts chapter 2 to Acts chapter 4, probably is about as perfect as the church was ever going to get. They were fellowshipping together, they were eating together, they were learning, studying, learning from the apostles, and they were continuing to grow uh, as a church. But Scripture tells us there came some persecution at the church in Jerusalem. And because of that, many of the believers left Jerusalem, began to go into other nations. When they began to go into other nations, well, Christianity began to spread. Many of these who had been Jewish Christians were going into the other nations, but they lost a connection to the first church, the first church there in Jerusalem. And Scripture tells us that the world began to creep in to the church. Well, here's James, the pastor of the Jerusalem church. He's the half-brother of Jesus. He writes this very personal, poignant letter to the churches and Christians, many of them Jewish Christians who had been dispersed. And he's not messing around. He's getting to the point. He says to the churches, he says, Why are you fighting and quarreling with one another when Jesus has risen from the dead just about 30 years previously? Why would they be fighting? Well, one of the reasons is because only Jesus is perfect. They like us; are human, and without guidance and commitment and intentionality, without an important goal or vision, people gonna have conflicts. People come from me, to me from time to time, and they talk about their family. Sometimes maybe they talk about how their family is dysfunctional, or a member of the family is not cooperating, or you know, some member of this family needs part of a member of the family needs to do this. This family's done this to me, and all the time when they do, I'm usually thinking, and sometimes they even say it. I've got a family, I understand Well, as we talk about why there would be conflicts in churches If you've been in a church at any period of time You know that sometimes because we're imperfect people Sometimes there's going to be conflict And you understand Because we have a church, don't we? And we're not perfect But aren't you thankful we can find some guidance into the Holy Scriptures? Do you know that this is the first uh, Sunday of our new church year? We begin in September So this is a new church year you've done well to be in the Lord's house at the beginning of this new church year. And this passage that we're using now, I think a couple of good reasons may be, as I've read about it, looked particularly this past week and thought about it, this chapter and what we've just read does not describe Parkway Baptist Church. Nobody would look at Parkway Baptist Church today. I don't think and say that we're full of quarrels, we can't get along. I think it is true that we're able to we're not perfect, you understand. We've got a long way to go, and we're continuing to be more and more like Christ, but we're not saying that about Parkway Baptist Church. In fact, I thank the Lord often that we that I'm able to pastor a church such as Parkway who continues to have vision, continues to love one another, and be able to share and show love to a lost world. And we're going to... Continue to seek to do that. So, if you're here for the first time today, and you're thinking that preacher's preaching about quarrel, there must be something wrong with Parkway Baptist Church. However, this is the first Sunday, the first Sunday of our new church year. We want to be sure that we're continuing to head in that direction. We want to be sure that we're continuing to be on track. And if we need some adjustments today, we certainly want to do that. So we want to do that as a church, and we particularly want to do that as individuals as well to be sure that we're on track in our walk with the Lord Jesus. So that tells us another battle that James tells us to avoid, and that's the battles we fight within us, described as passions at war within you. You know what James is referring to, don't you? These are the kind of battles most believers have, mostly believers have, because we have the Holy Spirit living inside each one of us. And He's given us a new nature, one that is like Christ. But we still have battling within us that old, selfish nature still lurking. And often we who are in Jesus still are battling with our selfish, natural desires that want the off, want the opposite of good or godly. Let's just admit it. I've often wondered when we became believers, why didn't the Lord just get rid of that old nature? Why did He just get rid of that selfish attitudes that we have and make us like Christ right then at that very moment. And I don't know that I have all the answers for that, but maybe part of the reason is is because we must continue to make the right choices along the way if we're going to have a real genuine relationship with Jesus. Otherwise, we'd be like all other creation that perhaps was created good but not in the image of God. But if we're going to have a real genuine relationship with Jesus, well, we're going to have to get up every day and make the choices that we're going to seek to be faithful or going to uh, be with Him. Uh, But we sure can mess it up, can't we? But God must have figured it was worth the risk. Notice notice what James says, chapter 4 and verse 2. He says, you desire, but you do not have, so you murder. James is writing to the churches, what? (laughs) In the church? How, How long has this been going on? Or maybe James is letting the church know, if left unchecked, Conflict certainly can lead to murder. I mean, listen, if you need examples, even in the church, I believe I can give you some. Or maybe James was remembering what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. We talked about if you hate your brother, you're already murdering in the heart. James says, not only do you murder, but we read it a moment ago, you covet and don't get what you desire, so you quarrel and fight. One reason you do not have is because you do not ask, James says. Well, I encourage you today, take all of your needs, all of your requests, even those that may not, all of your desires, even those that may not be so good or holy, still take them to God because He knows anyway. And once we turn these things over to Him, He seeks to sort it out in our hearts and in our lives. And those of us who ask, if we do not receive, it's because James says... If we got what we asked for when we don't receive some of the things that we asked for because we'd spend it on our own passions and not on kingdom work or on that which pleases God, are we nailed or what? Does that not sound or describe the battles and the inner struggles we face? How did James know this about you and me? Well, this is the inspirational word of God, you understand, so we know that he gets it from God himself, but maybe James faced some of these same kinds of struggles. Or do you remember the Apostle Paul when he said in Romans chapter 7, what I want to do, I don't do, and those things that I don't want to do, but I should do, I end up doing. Well, at least we're in good company. But I believe Scripture also offers us some help. But also, there's another battle that we need to avoid. That's the battle that we fight with God. The battle that we fight with God. All of us were at one time separated from God because of sin. The Bible says, while we were yet His enemies, Christ died for us. Even now, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've not given your heart and life to Him, no matter how good you think you are, no matter how bad you think you are, it's because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross that He made it possible so that we might have a relationship with the Lord Jesus. So you've come here today. You've been a part of this. Maybe there's somebody watching today or listening today. Because you've come and been a part, if you don't already have a relationship with Jesus before this very hour that Holy Spirit's going to be at work in your life so that you might be able to give your heart and life over to Him. We want you to be prepared. We want you to be ready before the service is over. And for those of us who have placed our faith in the living Lord Jesus, it may be that at one time you were in a closer walk with Jesus than you are now. Certainly when you became a believer in the Lord Jesus, you asked Christ to forgive you of your sin. You put your faith and ask Christ to come in To be your Savior and Lord And even as genuine believers There are times we can drift away And when we do Boy, that inner struggle increases My wife Kelly and I have been married Will be married this fall, 38 years If that's not the right number She'll let me know probably When the service is over But uh, the other day we're driving down the road And she looks at me She said, do you remember when we were dating The first couple of years of marriage? I said, yes, honey, certainly I remember that So you remember when we were be driving down the road in the truck and we'd sit really close together. I said, yeah, I remember. I said, how come we don't sit so close together anymore? Now, we're driving down the road, you understand. So I'm thinking about it for a few moments and finally I looked and said, I ain't moved. I'm still sitting the same place I was. Now, the conversation wasn't exactly like that and you can ask my wife and find out, certainly. But one thing is for sure, if there's distance between God and you, God has not moved. So James tells us there are three fights to avoid. But it's more than that. It's a progression or it's a cause and effect. What question, take a look again, what question does James ask in verse 1? Why do you quarrel and fight among yourselves? And he says, because it is those inner struggles that you have within. And by the time we get down to verses 4 and 5, he tells us that fight we have within is because we are at odds with God. Or are we getting a clue? The battles that we might have amongst ourselves or with one another. Those inner struggles are related to having a growing, loving relationship with Jesus. But not only that, there are fights to avoid, but also there are some friends to avoid according to this scripture. Uh, well, who are the friends that we need to avoid? Avoid friendship with the world. And when James says, do not be friends with the world, he's not talking about individuals necessarily. For Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He's not talking about planet earth that God created. But he's talking about a sinful world or culture whereby there's an absence of the influence of God. In fact, worldliness defined is that which defies God and does not honor his name. If you're a friend of the world or you're a friend of worldliness, then you are, according to the scripture we just read, which is the word of God, an enemy of God. This may be the great sin of the American Christian who is a friend or has fallen for worldliness or for materialism or even for self-promotion or even worldly tolerance all the while claiming the name of Jesus. Jesus asked for our very lives and asked us to turn everything over to Him. He demands to be the center of your heart and life to be the only one we worship. How serious is this? Well, we get a clue from James' language. He calls those who are friends with the world, in verse 4, adulterers. He's already called us murderers. And then those who covet, now adulterers, to be friends with the world is to be God's enemy. Uh, Pastor or preacher Adrian Rogers one time said, A man committing adultery says to his children, Your mother is not worth much your father is a cheat and a liar honor is not as important as pleasure and my satisfaction is more important than you what are we telling the world what are we telling God if we remain friends with worldliness we're telling the world we're not trusting God anymore we're not believing he knows best or his way is right leads to joy and peace When worldliness creeps in, we are not repentant or changing. We tell the world, this Jesus business is not really worth very much. Let's be careful. Let's avoid friendship with the world. But also, don't get too chummy with your old self or your selfish nature. Sometimes we really struggle in seeking to do the right thing. Then there are times that we allow the old selfish nature to rule. Have you ever heard someone say, read it in Scripture, or maybe preacher types like me, that we sure serve a jealous God? Well, James tells us that here. Inside each of us who are believers, we have the Holy Spirit, which is sometimes called the Spirit of Jesus that is living within us. We serve a jealous God. In other words, we have the Holy Spirit who lives within us, who wants to rule and take charge. And there's only room for one to rule on the throne of your heart. That's the battle and the struggle when you allow self to rule and to take charge. Not just to battle within, but when self is on the throne, we usually battle with people also. Do you have enemies? Well, you do have enemies, but your enemies are not flesh and blood, or they should not be flesh and blood any longer. As believers, people are no longer our enemies. And those who once were your enemies, what, what did Jesus say about your enemies? Love your enemies. How about those who spitefully use you speak all kinds of evil against you what did Jesus say are you supposed to bless them and you're supposed to pray for them but our enemies are sin and worldliness and self or old selfish nature and we have another enemy which is the third friendship to avoid certainly it's the devil according to what James tells us it, it's good to identify our enemies In fact you might want to look just across the page If you have a real Bible in front of you, James chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 says this, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, worldliness, unspiritual. It's demonic. Don't be friends of the world, the old self, or the devil. Surely we're not friends with Satan. Well we just reading God's Word for what it says. It says, if you are, if you're not resisting the devil, you are. We have a church that we have worship with a couple of times a year. Decades this has been going on. Greater Peace Baptist Church in Opelika. We, twice a year we have worship with them. We're going there September the 27th on Sunday night, last Sunday night here this month. I encourage you to come with us. We'll be at Greater Peace. Clifford Jones is their pastor Many of you have been to Greater Peace, or when they've been here, you've heard Clifford Jones preach. I'm just telling you, you may, if God spoke audibly, I believe he'd sound like Clifford Jones. I'm just letting you know that uh, if you've not, you want to come and hear him. If you haven't, of course, many of us heard him for years, on and off, and so we appreciate. it. But we just started back this year, so looking forward to that. But he was in this pulpit, uh, one of the last, maybe not the last time, maybe the time before in which he was speaking. And uh, when he spoke, he was talking about. Uh, He's talking about how Satan no longer has a hold on believers and we're protected. And he used a phrase, and I asked him afterwards, I said, Can I use that phrase sometime? This won't sound like Brother Clifford, but this is what he said, speaking about the devil not having hold on Christians. Like an old hound dog whose teeth have been pulled. He has a lot of bark, but he has no bite. Satan can bite us. He can tempt us, but he cannot read our minds. Excuse me, he barks, but he can't bite. He's not all-knowing or all-powerful. He is none of these things. Only the Lord is. He might know our tendencies. He capitalizes on our weaknesses. And if we're not on guard, then we will be doing His bidding and accomplish His purposes instead of the Lord. The Lord Jesus, the one who loves you and gave His life for you. Satan is not all-powerful. Only God is all-powerful. We more often need to ask, what would please Jesus? What can we do that would please him? But every now and then we probably need to ask, what would please the devil? And we need to do just the opposite. Think the devil's happy when we quarrel amongst one another? You think he's happy when we don't spend time in his word, don't spend time in prayer? Think he's happy when we don't make worship a priority? And is the prince of darkness not overjoyed? When believers are not accomplishing the will of God instead of being on the mission of sharing the light of the good news and the love of Jesus with the dark world. Why would we want to be friends with the devil and make him happy? We don't. We wouldn't. So how can we resolve these conflicts in our life? We talked about these three kinds of conflicts with Scripture talks about our struggle with others, sometimes struggle within ourselves and even being away from God. If you're having any of these struggles, listen to what God's Word tells us. Give complete submission to Jesus. Give complete submission to Jesus. Turn everything over to Him. If, if Jesus is your Savior, He's also to be your Lord. Follow Jesus in all things. Is there, is there a good scripture here? It's question for you. Is there a good... If you know you're being tempted by the devil... Is there a good scripture verse or a good verse here to quote? Resist the devil, he will flee from you. Wrong! Now that's a good scripture. It's not the one that you need to quote or you don't need to quote it alone. Although it may be the most often quoted verse of defeated Christians. Can I say it again? It may be the most often quoted half a verse of defeated Christians. If you've been living a defeated life, even as born-again believers... This may be the reason why. Because to quote the last part of that verse without the first part makes it all about you. Believing that you can resist the devil. Believing that you can do it without God, perhaps. But as believers in the Lord Jesus, we're protected from Satan and he cannot touch us, but we must rely on God's power because Satan is no match for the Lord Jesus. But he is more powerful than you and me. We're not for God's protection. So pay careful attention here. Verse 7. James chapter 4 verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Are you ready to start living a life a little more victoriously? Have you turned every part of your life over to him? This is the idea of continually submitting and giving it all over to him every day. Also, how to resolve conflicts. Call upon the Lord. Call upon the Lord. Verse 8 that we read a moment ago, draw, come near to God, draw near to God, He'll come near to you. Do you, do you need to call upon the Lord today? It's, it's time to grow up. doesn't matter your season of life, it doesn't matter what time of year, all of us are on a journey to grow closer to Jesus, to draw closer to Jesus than we've ever been before. Can you say that today? That you're closer to the Lord than you've ever been? Would you like to be closer to the Lord than you've ever been? Consider Moses of the Old Testament. The great leader of the Israelites. The Lord used him to take take the Israelites out of the Exodus. There were the ten plagues in the Exodus uh, in Egypt. Ten commandments that were given crossing over the Red Sea. Led the people through the wilderness, all that took place. He saw, Moses saw, the Bible tells us, more of God's glory than anyone had ever seen before. Now we've seen more of God's glory than Moses because of the Lord Jesus, but Moses saw more of God's glory than ever before. But you know the attribute that was given, the greatest attribute that was given to Moses, well, he was that he was a friend of God. Exodus chapter three and verse eleven. It says, "Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend." If you turn the page from James four to James two, James two twenty three. It says, and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called a friend of God. Instead of being a friend of the world or a friend of your old ways or to the devil, be in pursuit of your continuing, growing friendship with Jesus. I said there would be a time that if you don't know Jesus today, there will be a time that you'd be ready and perhaps that is now that if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, even now, even while we're talking today or before this service and in a little while we're going to be singing our last hymn of commitment you want to call upon Jesus ask Christ to forgive you of all your sin if you're here today and you don't know Jesus you can call upon Jesus today if you're here today and you do know Jesus but maybe you're not where you have been or as close as you want to be you can call upon Jesus today if you're here today and you're as close to Jesus as you have ever been you're recognizing you're seeking to be faithful in all that you do again you can call upon jesus today to continue in that stead for there's no better way to resolve the conflicts that we have within ourselves or with others or even with him than to call upon him okay so maybe you're ready to be completely submissive to the lord god you want to seek to be faithful we know we'll not be perfect this side of heaven maybe you're ready to call upon the lord but before you do you need to confess. Sin and your need for Jesus. It takes a contrite and humble attitude to walk closely to our Savior. Again, in verse 8, where it says, Cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double minded. Is James talking to believers? He is. We're sinners saved by grace. Lost people are not double minded, their mind's not on God at all. And if we claim Jesus, we must confess our sins and be serious about it and realize the need to confess before Jesus daily. James says to weep over sin. Stop laughing at sin. And come clean with God. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. When you confess your need for Jesus, come humbly before Him. What will happen? The Bible says He'll lift you up. You English Standard Version uses the word exalted. doesn't mean that we're going to be exalted and glorified like Jesus, though one day we will be like Him when we get to heaven. Not in glorification, not, but we will be like Christ. But the Lord lift us up from wherever we are so that we might be able to walk closer and be able to walk with Him. Conflicts come because of our pride. Humility leads to resolutions. And it begins with making things right with God will you do it today that's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12 as far as it depends upon you if possible as far as it depends upon you live peaceably with all see if you make your peace with God oh what difference it makes when you make peace seek to make peace with everyone else you can't make decisions for others and it is true, he so said, if possible, so there's some may never be at peace with you. Oh, but you can be at peace with God, which means you can be at peace with yourself. And you, as far as you're concerned, you can be at peace with others. One of my, speaking of football, I know somebody was probably, but uh, one of my favorite football coaches of all time, used to, you didn't have to explain who this was, but Tom Landry was the former coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, the one who always was cool headed, under control, looked like he always had a game plan with no problem. And he gave his secret. This old quote, he revealed the secret of his composure under pressure. And he says this, Most of the athletes who fail to become winners are those athletes whose fears and anxieties prevent them from reaching their potential. I overcame my fear and anxieties by a commitment to something far greater than winning a football game. A commitment to Jesus Christ far too many Christians have replaced their peace with God with stress and anxiety but Jesus the Prince of Peace is still the answer for the stress filled world for there is a battle worth fighting the one thing that you want to put everything that you have into this one thing if you wonder how to put it into words we'll give you two words it's exalting Jesus exalting Jesus, and by exalting Jesus, we're going to be pointing others to Him. Fight the good fight, that the name of Jesus will be lifted up and honored in everything that you do. Listen, it's the first Sunday of our new church here. We go September to August, and so we want to be sure that we set our sights. What is it that we need to do? And if we set our sights, we believe there won't be quarreling among us. In fact, we'll believe that we'll be helping people, giving people tools so that we might be able to move forward So our sights are that we want to exalt the name of Jesus in all that we do. We want to point other people toward Jesus. We want people to know about the love of God. So we're going to love all people, regardless of who they are. We want to show them the love of Jesus. And we're going to live by the Word of God. Continue to read it, teach it, preach it, apply it, and live it. As we seek to exalt His name. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you, Father. As we look back over this past year, we thank you for how you have been at work. We've seen you at work, Father, in individuals' lives in our church. We know that you continue to be at work even during difficult times. We pray, Father, and we thank you that new members that you brought us, we thank you of guests that come every week. We thank you that you continue to bless us in far more ways than we could ever express. We dedicate ourselves to you, Father, in this new year. We pray, Father, that all that we do will do nothing but exalt the name of Christ to others. Point others to Jesus. Help us to show your love more. We pray, Father, for those who are gathered here today. We pray that it not just be about a church as a corporate body, but we know that that begins with each individual, each member of this church, each individual who's here today. Father, may we make the commitment even now that says, yes, Lord, we want to be at peace with you. We want to be growing with you so that you might take care of all of our inner conflicts, conflicts with others, that you'll guide us along the way. Thank you for the power that is expressed through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to his death, burial, and resurrection. We give praise and honor to your holy name. We pray, Father, if there one or more here today, listening today that does not know you as Savior and Lord that today they may call upon you asking Jesus to forgive asking Christ to come in to be Savior and Lord Father, for we know that you want to have a real, genuine, loving relationship with everyone here we pray Father we may turn our hearts and lives over to you we ask these prayers in the precious name of Jesus Amen would you please stand We'll be singing our song of commitment today, and we encourage you to continue to worship, continue to ask the Lord what He would have you to do or the things and commitments that you need to make. We're going to be standing down here at the front. I'm going to be standing down here along with you, worshiping, and if there's someone here that wants to come giving their heart and life to Jesus, you can come to any one of our staff, ministers who are here uh, talking with us and letting us know. We'll be glad to pray with you. If you've got questions about faith, maybe you want to join Parkway Baptist Church and this is one way in which you can do it. You just come let us know. We'll tell you what next steps, what might need to be done there. Our altar's open. If you'd like to come pray at our altar, come pray with one of us. You come as we